you desire to attend Bible college or seminary, but know that it would be incredibly difficult to uproot your family and move somewhere? Maybe you desire to attend seminary, but you don't want to leave your local congregation. Let me tell you about my seminary, Whitfield Theological Seminary. Whitfield is a conservative, confessional, classical, reformed seminary who wants to come alongside congregations and assist them in raising up a pastor. The training of a minister should be done alongside of a congregation. Whitfield offers online classes so that you can fulfill your calling without having to move your family or abandon your church. Go check them out at www.reformed.info. That is www.reformed.info. Tell them you heard about them on The Daily Brew. We at The Daily Brew take the Bible and the study of it very seriously. Have you ever wondered where we or our special guests go when we want to dive into God's Word more deeply? We go to Logos, the best Bible software available. From in-depth word studies in the original languages to commentaries from scholars, both new and old. There are lexicons and grammars and sermons and collected works of heroes of the faith. And even ancient texts for the serious Bible students. Never before has so many great tools been bundled together into one software. To learn more about this incredible ministry, call 888-390-7341. That's 888-390-7341. While you're there, go ahead and tell them that you heard about this incredible software on The Daily Brew. Hey guys, let me tell you about our newest partner, the Dwell Bible app. Now, I'm confident you've listened to many audio Bibles growing up. Maybe it was on CDs, or maybe if you're a little bit older, it was on cassettes. Well, the Dwell Bible app really surpasses all of those, and here's why. So, maybe you were looking for a way that you can listen to the Bible in a year, and you want to make it all the way through the Bible in a year. Well, they have a plan for that in the Dwell Bible app. Not only do they have a plan for reading through the Bible in a year, but there's all kinds of other plans as well, and there's also thematic plans. So let's say maybe you're going through an issue like anxiety, and you're like, what does the Bible say about anxiety? And you want to listen to all these key verses on this particular theme. Well, the Dwell Bible app has themes that are set for that. Not only do they have themes, but they also have a whole list of amazing voices that you can listen to. I'm currently listening to a man named David who has an amazing accent read through the book of Jeremiah. Not only do they have multiple voices, but you also can couple it with background music like ambient background or maybe piano and cello. Um, Never before has it been so enjoyable to listen to the Bible. Let me tell you finally about the mission statement of this group. The Dwell Bible app seeks to make the Bible the soundtrack of your life. Go and check them out at dwellapp.io. That's dwellapp.io. This is The Daily Brew.
This is The Daily Brew. I am the host, Adam Holland. I have with me today uh, Douglas McKelvey. He has a new book called Every Moment Holy. Douglas, thank you so much for taking time to join us. Oh, thank you for the invitation, Adam. Okay, uh, let's get this thing started. So one of the first things we want to ask you about is the title. The title is Every Moment Holy. What does this mean and why is it significant uh, for the book? Sure. Um, the, the title Every Moment Holy um, is, I guess it's the best phrase that I could come up with to, to try to sum up um, this idea, this truth, that um, every every moment of our lives and every square inch of, of creation um, is existing um, in the presence of God and that that God is truly present in in every moment and all parts of creation you know are created for the glory of God um, and in our lives today in this existence that we have in between, you know, the glory that was Eden and the coming glory of the new creation, um, where everything will so obviously be sacred um, in the sense that all things exist uh, for the glory of God and are set apart for him. But in this in-between time, um, you know, it's a difficult reality to grasp on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. And part of what I hoped um, that this this book, Every Moment Holy, could do um, is to begin to unpack some of those moments um, that at first glance or as we live through, you know, some of the mundane parts of our days um, or some of the difficult seasons of our lives um, it, it's difficult to make that connection to see how it lines up um, with God's presence and God's sovereignty and God's work, the labors that that He is about um, within us and around us and through us in those moments. Um, so, you know, the, one thing that the book was for me as I wrote it was an exercise in looking at some of these things, like okay changing a diaper or doing home repairs um, or, you know, having my morning coffee. Um, How do those activities actually intersect um, with, with those things that God is about in the advancing of his kingdom Mm -hmm. in and through our lives on a day by day and moment by moment basis? A long time ago, I read a devotion book called Life is a Vapor by John Piper, and there is a section or a devotion in there titled How to Drink Orange Juice to the Glory of God, and I remember reading that, and it really gripping me at the time, and I never really thought about um, Paul's calling for us where he says, uh, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God, and then Piper poses the question, um, does this mean or is the an implication of this that we should drink orange juice to the glory of God? And one of the things that I took away from that devotion um, is really what you're 
fleshing out here in your book is that all of life is meant to bring God's glory. So whether, just like you said, whether that's changing diapers uh, or even drinking orange juice, every bit of life is meant to be uh, resounding praise for what God has done for us in His Son. So your book, I'm, one of the things I'm thankful for is that it, uh, it fleshes out how to do that. So if you want the the theological backing of the why, I feel like that uh, the life is a vapor kind of set the stage for it, for me at least, and then your book kind of fleshed out how to do it, more like the application of it. The next question we have for you is uh, one of the things uh, that you bring up quite a bit, and um, it's on, I think, every single page, is this idea of liturgy. Now, most of us, when we think of liturgy, we think of like a church service, and uh, we think of that being liturgy, but liturgy is really in every aspect of life, not just in church. Could you uh, define for us what you mean by liturgy and why it's so important for the Christian life? Well, you know, in, in deciding to use the term liturgy, and that was conversations that I had with um, folks at at Rabbit Room Press, the the publisher that published the book, um, we recognize that, okay, it is a term um, that's used to mean quite a few different things. Um, You know, sometimes the term liturgy is used just to mean specifically um, the order and content of a worship service in a church. and you have churches that historically are considered liturgical because they have, you know, an established liturgy that has been created, you know, sometimes over a period of hundreds of years that it's been, it's been used and distilled. And, um, but the reality is, of course, that every church has liturgy. Um, some of them, you know, because every church has an, has an order to their service, even if part of that order is making room for spontaneous things to happen. <laughs> exactly. um, so, you know, so it's the concept of liturgy in that sense is 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 not as foreign as some people um, consider it to be when they just when they hear the word. Um, but then you also have the meaning of of the word um, that has the connotation of the work of the people. Um, and, you know, that gets closer to, to the way we were using the word, um, in the context of the book, every moment, holy. And even beyond that, you have, you know, the meaning of the word that is anything, um, that we do repetitively, anything that we engage in repetitively that has shaping power in our lives because of that, that has the power to form um, the, the channel that our thoughts tend to run along. And, uh, you know, it shapes our ideas, it shapes our, our practices, and through that, shapes our hearts over time. So, you know, as followers of Jesus, when we look at this goal that we have of wanting to be conformed to the image of Christ, of wanting to be throughout our lives becoming progressively more and more Christ-like. Liturgical practices are things that that shape us toward that. Um, and of course, on the on the 
other hand, there are many liturgical practices in that sense that can deform our hearts, that can move us away from from our Creator and from you know His intents and purposes for our lives. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that answered no, that's, all of that's your questions. Okay. That's, that's helpful because I think all too often we think that all of life or everything is spontaneous, but even even in church services that they schedule sections of the liturgy to be um, spontaneous. There's still liturgy. Every Just like you're saying, everything has liturgy, whether that's uh, a church service or whether that is life. Um, God takes the chaotic and brings order, and, and recognizing those, I think, uh, makes it helpful so that we can further enjoy this, whether it be the rising of the sun or it going down, is that um, in our daily lives, it's making every moment holy, recognizing uh, the beauty of the order of all creation. So, absolutely. Yeah. That's super helpful. So, um, the next few questions, I try to uh, toss in some fun ones, and some of it just out of curiosity. So, at the very beginning, you quote um, Wendell Berry, and I believe it's the introduction. Um, so, are you, one, for the first part of the question, are you a fan of Wendell Berry? And if so, uh, uh, what's your favorite book? Um, well, First, it was actually Andrew Peterson who wrote that introduction. Oh, okay. Um, so, so You've those were not my words. <laughs> but having having said that, um, you know, I have read um, I have read some of Wendell Berry's novels um, and and did have um, you know a real appreciation for those. I read uh, Jaber Crow. I think that was the first yeah. one that I read. Um, and then I read uh, his collection of short stories, um, and I, I'm, the the title escapes me, but I think it had "Distant Land" in the yeah. in the in the title. Um, and yeah, I, I really did appreciate. Um, you know, there's such a um, his his books for me are not ones that I can just rush through. Um, he does such a good job of slowing you down to the pace of life. Um, and then, you know, to the pace of life in this small town that he's created in his, in his literature. Um, and then he be, you know, once he slowed you down to that pace, he begins digging down, digging beneath the, the surface of it. Um, and, you know, br- building this bridge into some transcendent moments that um, that I think does, you know, it, it is in that way, I think, doing the same work that maybe I was trying to do with Every Moment Holy. Mm, um, you know, I think that's, that's kind of an implicit and unspoken theme and undercurrent that runs through... Um, through Wendell Berry's works, um, at least the ones that I've that I've read so far. Same here, and absolutely. I think the thing that, in addition to slowing down, he, I think the reason I've always enjoyed him, and when I saw that, it kind of excited me seeing uh, his name in there. He uh, causes me to see even the small details in life that I may, if I was going through life quickly, would overlook in recognizing that. Uh, just like your book, is that every moment is holy. So even the small details in life, uh, these trees, uh, they serve a purpose in proclaiming the glory of their creator. 
um, this road, this everything around me um, has a, a purpose. And often because I'm going at life so quickly, um, I'm missing the beauty of them. And therefore, slowing down and taking a, a slower pace at life, I can enjoy and, and see the reflections of the Creator. So, absolutely. Another uh, fun question. I'll try to toss these in. Uh, whenever you aren't riding, what do you do for fun? Um, well, I, you know, I, I enjoy, um, hanging out with my family. Um, my, my youngest daughter is 21 now. So, um, you know, I have, um, have a couple sons-in-law, have a, a new granddaughter. Um, she's a few months old now. So, you know, we're, we're enjoying that stage of life. Um, I, um, you know, in terms of just things that I spend my time doing, um, I've been, you know, back in, in college, I had learned just a, a little bit of Russian, <laughs> a smattering of it. Um, so th- this is just a really recent thing, but for the last month, I've kind of been intensely diving back into to language learning, trying to learn more Russian. Um, I like I like reading a lot. I read... Um, quite a bit of fiction. I read some nonfiction, but you know, it's probably like 80% fiction, 20% nonfiction. <laughs> um, it's a good combination. I, I enjoy elaborate sort of, or, or complex board games. Um, not just because they're complex, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, so I, you know, I, I collect, um, a lot of, a lot of board games and I'm also working on, um, creating a, a board game, uh, you know, it's it's been a long-term project. I've just very slowly made progress on that. Um, but really cool. but I also, um, you know, I I mean, what I do for a living is also one of my passions, I and mean, I love. I have a love-hate relationship with writing. Actually, because it's not, it's not like it's easy to do, but once I'm actually in the flow of, of writing something, it's just, you know, for me, that's, that's the experience where time ceases to exist as a construct. And I'm just, you know, in, in this sort of other space, other time as I, as I write, um, and create. So, you know, I'm, I feel, um, well, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that I get to um, you know that I get to do for a living something that, that for most of my life I've been passionate about. And last question we have for you um, in relation to that. So you mentioned uh, loving reading and fiction and things of that nature. Who are some of the writer, writers, whether it be fiction or theology or history? Um, who are some of the writers that have influenced you the most? Um, these no. kind of questions are always, <laughs> well, they're always hard for me. And every time someone asks something like that, or what are your favorite movies? or you know, <laughs> Exactly. It's like, I always think, man, I should have written, you know, I should take the time sometime to write these things down and make a list because in the moment I can never, never come up with, with really good answers. Um, but part of the reason is because 
you know, there are different writers who have been influential in, in different ways. Um, in, in terms of fiction writing, um, you know, especially in terms of, because I've, you know, I've, I've, I've done some fantasy kind of writing. Um, that's a genre that, uh, that I like to, to delve into just because it, it gives so much, well, there's so much room for creativity and imagination, but there's also, it's a, it's a genre that can lend itself to, um, you know, to an exploration of, um, of deeply spiritual kind of questions and, mm-hmm. and wrestling through things, um, as you can see in the, the Narnia Chronicles or, or the Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Tolkien is always, you know, going to be, going to be up there toward the top of my list. And I, I started reading his books when I was 13 or so. And, um, and uh, those just had, you know, a strong shaping influence in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there, there are artists or there are writers who have strongly influenced me because of their craft, but not their content so much. Um, so there are actually some, some writers that I hesitate to recommend to people or that I only recommend to certain people and with the caveat, you know, this, the writing is amazing. So, you know, if you're a writer studying the craft, you have to read this author, but, you know, there's, um, there's not necessarily anything redemptive about the yeah. work. Um, so, you know, so, so there are authors in that category that, you know, that I, that I hesitate to just, list their names and recommend to people to go read them. Um, uh, Dostoevsky is, is definitely another one. Um, it's been a, a big influence, um, on me. And, you know, in my twenties, I read most of Solzhenitsyn's works, both the, the fiction and the nonfiction. And that, um, that had a big influence on me. Um, C.S. Lewis's, books um early in my pursuit of um of trying to be a follower of jesus um you know books like mere christianity uh has huge shaping influence in terms of theology are you a flannery o'connor fan um i am yeah very cool yeah well, it has been a joy to have you on and uh, learn more about you this book, uh, Every Moment Holy. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. Sure. Thank you, Adam.